Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Dr. Paige Perkey, and no matter what time of the day you choose to tune in to What's Next, I'm grateful that you're here listening and taking ownership of your individual health. In today's episode, I interview Dr. Brandon Shapiro about all things regarding chiropractic care. So without further ado, let's crack into the episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for agreeing to be on What's Next. I'm super excited to have you, and I'm so excited that I just happened to meet you randomly while I was visiting family in Hilton Head Island. So again, thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to just dive into this episode. Are you ready? Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Of course. (laughs) All right. Yes, I'm excited. I look forward to having a good time here today. We totally will. (laughs) So how would you define chiropractic care? What is chiropractic care? Well, it's a good question because you could ask uh, different types of chiropractic or different types of chiropractors, and they'll give you different answers, okay? So, you know, my school of thought is natural to how I was brought up. Uh, my father was a chiropractor and he was a chiropractor who went to school at in, in Toronto so he went to a different philosophically based school and he always told me once I was 12 years old and I decided at 12 years old I was gonna be a chiropractor I just knew in my heart that's what I was gonna do he told me he said uh, he wanted me to go to Life University in Atlanta Georgia and the biggest reason at that point in time in say 1990 you know, 1990, by that point in time, while I was getting into the, you know, 10th, 11th grade, and it was time to really start to say, hey, what classes do I need to take? I need to start looking at college and what hours I need to be doing there to get everything ready so I can go into chiropractic school. So the reason why he wanted me to go to Life University in Atlanta, well, at the time, it was actually Life College. While I was there at school, it got university status. So it was the philosophy, the philosophically based graduates who were coming from that school so the education i mean across the board was basically the same i mean you go to school you know to graduate a chiropractor you're graduating through what's called cce which chiropractic oh my gosh i forget right now off the top of my head what that means right now i'll think about bring it back up but basically cce that's national okay so it doesn't matter what school you go to you have to pass CCE requirements. Your school has to be CCE approved. And you went on and took boards that didn't matter what school you went to, you had to pass the boards. So the science and the, you know, the biochemistry and the anatomy and physiology was, was what it was at each school to prepare you to pass the boards. That's what it was. But the philosophy was different. Mm-hmm. So what is chiropractic truly at its foundation and its base its original form, it's a science, philosophy, and art. Mm-hmm. So you have a science, and science, without a doubt, in a very simplified definition, means reliable and repeatable. If I, if I do this, this will happen. Mm-hmm. That's what scientific means. Yeah, like cause so, and effect, right? Cause and effect, um, you know. If I drive my car into a wall, I'm going to have damage. Mm-hmm. Maybe to my body, maybe to the car, but there will be damage. If I apply that with a thousand people taking their cars, going into a rock wall or a brick wall, we can scientifically prove that there will be some damage. <laughs> yes. I don't think anyone can dispute that. Right. 
So we know that when we apply the chiropractic adjustment, at this point in time, we've known this since, you know, when I went to school as of 1996, entered the chiropractic program in 98, we knew it was scientifically valid at that point in time. So now in 2020, we know when a chiropractor applies a chiropractic adjustment, we're going to get an improvement of physiological functions or uh, physiological and even structure and function, physiology and, um, I tell you. Anatomy? Anatomy and physiology. We're going to get improvements in both of these. So we know that it's a scientific application, all right? So then we also have um, the, the art. I'll get to the philosophy last. So we have the art, and the art is basically saying, hey, we can't just go in there and crack and make sounds like you see people squeezing and just, you know, having their mid-back cracked, although it might feel good, although it might improve some range of motion. The question is, is there an art to that? Are you doing this with a certain intention, with a certain, um, so, so, so the, so the, you know, the history goes in short that you have certain osteopaths who we as chiropractors, the founding father, ended up basically saying, you know, there's something really great to this osteopath, you know, manipulation, but they, it could be better. So they kind of basically in a short term, I'm going to talk concepts today. I don't, you know, these chiropractors who, you know, they could tear me apart as far as what I'm saying. That's why I'm telling you right now, I'm going to talk concepts. Mm-hmm. When I say tear me apart, I mean, I don't want to get bombarded with the details and someone say, oh, he's wrong here, he's wrong there. Forget about the details. I'm talking about concepts. The concept is osteopathic manipulation existed before chiropractic. Mm-hmm. And the family mm-hmm. father said, you know what? I think we can make that better. I like it, but it could be more exact, more precise. So what ended up evolving was, again, chiropractic. And chiropractic means to do by hand or to practice by hand. Chiro meaning hand, practice to do. So they basically came out in, we're talking, you know, I don't, you know, again, quote me on exactly the year, but, you know, chiropractic was coined and established in 1895. Mm -hmm. So it's been around Mm -hmm. for a long time. And by that, it means that when you apply a chiropractic adjustment in a specific way, meaning we're going to contact a specific part of the vertebra, we're going to apply a specific force with a specific vector for a specific intention. And we're going to expect a certain result. And when you do this in this manner, it's reliable, repeatable, and you're applying a science with an art that is expected to result with the outcomes of improving health and natural function of the body. Does that make sense? Yes. So that basically in short covers our science and art. Now the art, you can go into 200 plus different techniques. Okay. Mm -hmm. Guys who just believe in adjusting the first bone here, guys who believe in just adjusting the second one. Guys and women, when I say guys, it means women too. Those who believe in just adjusting this top bone here, which is part of the, the, the skull, the occiput. And then there's some who believe in adjusting the occiput and the sacrum. So you could go into many different techniques to the degree that chiropractic has techniques that have, that they don't even touch you. It's energy techniques, okay? Or they touch you with their thumb, or they touch you with an instrument. 
Okay, so it goes into many different categories of how to adjust the spine and what their philosophy on why they're doing what they're doing is. So that could be dis you know, disputed or, or argued however your particular philosophy, science, and art is. I'm what you know as what, what chiropractors would call a mixer. I'm a straight chiropractor who mixes, meaning I do things other than chiropractic, and I adjust the spine below the first one or two vertebrae. But I believe in subluxation, and that's what we're correcting as chiropractors is subluxation. So I'll come back to subluxation. So now let's go to the philosophy. And this is what really separates chiropractors from all primary care physicians is that we believe, again, to my school of thought and my belief that I was born into, the belief that chiropractic, uh, as taught at Life University in Atlanta, Georgia, Marietta, Georgia, to be specific, taught a very sound philosophy, and that is the body heals, its, <clears throat> excuse me, the body heals itself, and the body just needs no interference. So what do you do? You apply a chiropractic adjustment to a subluxation to take the neurological electrical electrical flow interference away from the body allowing the body to heal itself through the energy or the electricity of our source coming from above down inside our body and expressing from the inside out that the expression of life through the physiology through the expression and the ability of your body to adapt to its environment. That's really interesting. I have a lot of different thoughts in my head right now. One of them is it reminds me of uh, it's a school of thought, a philosophy called systems thinking. And basically it holds that the body is self-organizing or another way of saying that is that it's self-healing. And I believe that's where we're starting to see a big paradigm shift in our external world. A lot of people are talking about the mind-body connection, right? And that's a, that's a systems approach because at one time we thought that the mind and body we're separate, that they're not self-organizing, that the mind tells the body what to do. And we're like, we're now realizing, no, 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 they work together. They're self-organizing and self-healing like you're talking about. And then you mentioned the part about energy. And so I realized too that, you know, there are, we as scientists don't always have the tools to measure phenomenon in our reality, but that doesn't make them inaccurate or invalid just because we cannot necessarily quote prove that it exists right and so and then so you mentioned the energy part and I personally my personal experience is that I have begun to feel energy in my body I can sense other people's energy as well I remember when I first met you I told you I felt your energy and it was interesting you were talking about the energy coming down and then also coming out and that's a yogic principle talking about the prana quote life force is another way to conceptualize it some people call it your whole the holy spirit shekinah if it i, I believe that's the correct terminology in like jewish traditions there's a lot of different words for it and then apana is the energy that's expressed outward and so it's just really interesting and i appreciate you sharing that because it just shows that even though there are all these different schools of thoughts and all these different concepts a lot of these concepts and words actually mean the same thing. So anyway, I, I just, I really appreciate you sharing that. So 
knowing that, so you said there's the science, the art, and the philosophy, and you expressed it from your perspective. How does your perspective differ from other chiropractors out there, just at a large, like a, a bird's eye view, if you will? You know, I really honestly wish I could give you a good answer there because truly, I really, you know, I lectured for six years and it's been quite a few years since I've lectured. So I, I really, at that point in time, I definitely had a good, I was a good barometer for what was going on around the country at least. Today, I really honestly don't know. I will say that, you know, the, it really depends on what philosophy is being taught, if any, at the chiropractic school level. And when I was going to school, and again, I graduated in 2000, so I'm about 20 years now. There were schools at that point in time who actually had vaccination vendors on campus, okay? And that would not happen on my university, okay, at Life University in in Marietta. No way would there be a vaccination vendor. Put it this way, Dr. Sid Williams, the founder of Life Marietta, was forced out of being the president of the school because he was holding true to his beliefs and his philosophies and his intention and interest in teaching and and graduating chiropractors. But as I mentioned to you, the CCE, the Council of Chiropractic Education, was primarily medical doctors. So they gave the chiropractic schools at that time, which is probably the same entity, they gave them the credentials to actually graduate, to, to give a doctor or a student graduating to be a doctor, the credentials to go and practice around the country. So unless you passed their tests, you could not get that approval. And let me tell you, their tests, we sat down as students and talked to other medical doctors on the test questions and how we're being taught. And they even said, we couldn't even answer these questions. What are you all being tested on this for? We said, we're being tested on it because we have to pass the boards and the physicians and the people making the tests are all medical doctors, except for maybe one or two chiropractors. And those one or two chiropractors were in the pockets and it proved to be that they were. It was all a massive um, lawsuit that came down later to find out that the Council of Chiropractic Education was creating tests that we had that we could not possibly pass. But we passed them. Well, because they they happened to come out in a lawsuit that, you know, don't quote me again, but there are some investors in a school that ended up forming in Florida, which is there now today. The school itself had investors who were present on the Council of Chiropractic Education, and they wanted the, the school at Life in Marietta to close because they wanted the people to come down to Florida. And this all came out. So Sid Williams was forced to resign mm-hmm. because of these, you know, these policies of the chiropractic, uh, chiropractic Committee on Education to basically say, okay, I'll step down if, oh, they made him step down or close down completely, forced to either make a medical doctor the president or some sort of position to run the school. And he himself was a chiropractor. So you got many things going on in our profession from you have different philosophies, you have things that are taught differently to vaccinations being okay to not being okay to the philosophy being staunch, the body heals itself to, yeah, the body heals itself, but it needs help. 
to, you know what? We're really going to go more medical, and we'd like to be able to have chiropractors who prescribe medications. So there's all this gamut from, you know, left to right. Mm -hmm. And where I reside, I am very philosophically sound. I was brought up into that family who was very chiropractically philosophically sound. But I would probably say that, you know, from my, from, you know, if you labeled me, um, I'm a straight chiropractor, chiropractic philosophically, but I'm also realistic with what do we need to do to get the body to a balanced state so it can actually heal itself. Some chiropractic philosophies will say, no matter what you do, you keep adjusting and don't do anything but the adjustment. Not vitamins, not rehab, not physical therapy, not laser therapy, not homeopathics, not um, oils, nothing. You understand? So we have such a wide spectrum that it's hard to answer these questions mm -hmm. because, number one, I haven't been involved in the education process in, in 10 years or so now. So I'm not a good barometer for, for how the country is thinking and, and acting. So, you know, full come full circle, I would, I, I would like to say that I believe the paradigm is making a huge shift. There is an awakening, I will agree, but is there an awakening to adhere to the, you know, closer to the, you know, the, the philosophy and science and art of chiropractic? Uh, I, I can't say that I'm seeing that. It appears to me, and what stats have shown me, and if anybody out there listening has different ones, I'd love to see it. Send it over to my, my email at iawakepma at protonmail.com. But, you know, we still basically on average see anywhere from 5 to 8, maximum 10% of the population. So if consciousness was raising so high and the paradigm shift was moving in the chiropractic direction, we would see more of a percentage of the population coming into seeing the chiropractors we are i believe seeing more people leaning you know towards more natural health but they're also still residing on the belief that in their comfort they go back to medicine mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah so when you're talking about ch chiropractic direction or chiropractic philosophy you mean just for our listeners understanding as well as my own you're referring to a more holistic approach to health and healing, correct? Well, in my philosophy and what chiropractic philosophy was based on, you would be correct. But it's not holistic with the intention of the doctor doing holistic approaches. It's holistic with understanding that when you adjust the spine, the spine is going to allow for the increased electrical transmission throughout the body and throughout the body, it will have a holistic effect. So the crux of it, the essence of it, because we're still on the same page, I think, in terms of the holistic. But for you, yeah, we are. It's, the, it's the spine is like the crux of it all. Like that's, that's right. That's interesting. because Okay, that makes sense. And there's a specific yogic school of thought. It's called Kundalini Yoga. And they very much have a similar... I'm actually in that training right now. And they have a very similar understanding that the spine is incredibly important for self-healing, self-organization, etc. I appreciate you sharing that. So regardless of what your chiropractic philosophy is, what are some of the benefits of chiropractic care in general? Okay. Yeah, you know, that's a good question because let's just say you're not even thinking 
the body heals itself and it's increased, you know, to do that by getting chiropractic adjustments. You know, chiropractic adjustments are very well accepted in all of sports medicine, you know, very well accepted in any type of athletics, you know, to enhance performance. I mean, you know, this, this study, I could not tell you where it is. This was done in a, uh, actually a doctor who I lectured to in his practice. He did a study of a hundred kids and he brought them through chiropractic. They did the examination and they only did 30 days of, of uh, chiropractic adjustments and there was no therapies whatsoever. It was just what's called full spine chiropractic adjustments. That means you're gonna adjust the neck, the upper back, the mid back, the low back, the knees, the ankles, the elbow, whatever they needed to do. And they found out that in 30 days, they increased the sports performance by, in, in, on average by 21%. So that's a well-received and accepted type of approach to chiropractic. You know, yes, we can help you with your pain. Yes, we can help you with your sports performance. There's plenty of, of research supporting that. But there's also a ton of research supporting immune response as well. When I was in chiropractic school, and again, so I graduated in September 2000, and this study was going on during my schooling there. and. I want to say it went for maybe another six months or a year. Probably went in for, uh, probably went on till about the time they had those credentialing issues where Dr. Sid had to was was you know chose to resign just to make sure that everything was compliant to the CCE. And that is uh, in Atlanta, there's a particular you know we'll call it an internship, but it's a student clinic. Mm-hmm. See, in chiropractic, we get our graduating hours and internship hours as part of our curriculum we have to actually go and we treat students for so many visits so many x-rays so many examinations and once you qualify and pass the that particular test you can go on and actually treat the public so once you get to the public you've got to get so many examinations x-rays again you got to repeat everything and that means and you're, you know, you're you're actually taking them through a chiropractic health care program and there was patients who uh i say the one down downtown is because that's where you had most of these patients coming in and we had a study and that clinic down there at Lucky Street had a lot of HIV and AIDS patients because in that at that time if someone came in like for example I never went down there but two or three four times the other clinics I saw patients in and and the same was down there but my point is this if you had an AIDS or an HIV patient they were free mm-hmm. okay every other patient had to pay like 12 dollars a visit so if you had an hiv positive or an AIDS positive patient and they wanted treatment they could get into this study and the study was just simply what happens to the immune system and what's measured when it comes to hiv and aids and is there a difference by getting adjustments so they did what's called an upper cervical study and that again comes to the philosophy there's philosophically you know standing doctors who believe you only adjust the first bone up here because the first bone is related to the location of the brainstem. The brainstem is where all the transmission of what's called efferent and afferent are passing up and you know to the brain and from the brain in short. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they wanted to find out if by adjusting this spine, this this vertebra called the C1 vertebra, if it will have an effect on the immune response, the T cells, and what I remember, in short, is after about two years of this study, there was about a 400% in, of immune system 
response in the patients who are getting the, the adjustments. So that's been published years ago. So they have, and there's tons of them. By the time I went to school in, in 96 and entered the program in 98, <clears throat> that, at that point in time, it had already been soundly proven that chiropractic improved everything from Alzheimer's to rheumatoid to headaches to neck pain, back pain, knee pain. And in fact, I've got documentation that shows the efficacy of chiropractic care compared to the efficacy of medicine. And in just about every symptom, every condition, chiropractic care on a regular basis surpassed that of any type of intervention of medicine. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to throw this out there is that we have to understand what's going on here. It has been going on for decades and decades, and that is there's health care and then there's emergency care. So most people have been brought up in a, an environment of their home where they're being treated by medical doctors. Medical doctors, by their base of education, are emergency doctors. They're not healthcare doctors. Mm -hmm. They don't have an application that is actually healthcare. Okay, surgery is not healthcare, that's trauma. Okay, there's no passivity to surgery. And when you look at medicine, there's no healthcare when it comes to medicine because the medicine is always 100% of the time going to be toxic. It's going to be damaging to our liver, damaging to our intestines, damaging to our kidneys. So we have to put things in perspective and that is there's health care and then there's emergency care. Health care is done with those applications that don't cause damage to the body. Emergency care is the, the application of something that if you don't do it, you're going to die. Okay, so I believe in medicine in emergency situations. Mm -hmm. I believe medicine is only designed for that. And if you look at the education, it's all supported. Everything I'm saying is supported. Mm -hmm. They just, medical doctors don't have the anatomy and physiology and neurology and actual applications of health care that a chiropractor does. Do we, does, a, does that mean I want to prescribe medications? No, that's their job. Why do we need two different trained types of carburetor installers to your car? Why do we need a, you know, a mechanic who believes in putting a tire on this way when the other one believes in that way? It, it's kind of stupid if you really look at it from this perspective. You have a carburetor guy, you have a brake guy, you have a transmission guy, and if you have a transmission problem, you go to the transmission guy. If you have a brake problem, you go to the brake guy. You want oil change, you can put an oil change guy. Mm -hmm. You go to who's good at what you need. Mm -hmm. Well, people aren't doing that. They're going to medical doctors who aren't trained thoroughly in anatomy and physiology, although I'm telling you they are very well educated. But if you look at the comparison of education, chiropractors have a much deeper education and knowledge of anatomy and physiology and neurology especially. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I can go on for days on this stuff, but the truth is, is that I don't want to create problems with somebody. They just need to go back and look at the education and understand that if they don't have the education, then you don't go see them for that. Now, if you have a kidney problem, I'm all for going to getting everything cleared, rule out a real serious problem with the medical doctor. But guess what? Don't get on their medications. Don't go in for surgery. You come and do a more conservative, less invasive approach first. 
And you do that for a considerable amount of time, working that natural perspective, till you you say, you know what? There's limitations here. I, I, I may need some intervention with medicine. But the truth of the matter is, if people go down the road that I just described, you're looking at about a five to maximum 10% of the people who would actually end up in surgery and have medications prescribed because you could clearly follow the research. People with diabetes respond famously and awesome to chiropractic, especially when you start doing nutrition or you do detox or you do some sort of diet management. They just, they respond. Mm -hmm. So I'll shut up for a minute. So, so you have, you know, let me know what you're <laughs> thinking there, but there's a time and place for medicine and there's a time and place not for medicine. There's a time and place for chiropractic and natural health and there's a time and place not for it. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. So I feel like this might be a relevant question given everything that you've discussed thus far. Can you walk us through how chiropractic care, how these adjustments affect our neurology so we can better understand how it's influencing all of these, you know, we talked about immune response and other outcomes that are benefited. How does it affect your neurology so we can, yeah. so we can understand what you're talking about? Well, one thing that's great, I like the, you ask great questions, very, very applicable. And the important thing to understand is, and this is a fact, this is one of these things that <clears throat> you can almost never verify, but you can when you're a chiropractor because you've seen it is first of all, chiropractic profession, since before, since I, I will tell you that my first realization of how impactful the chiropractic profession has been to health, not to health, like I, I experienced it firsthand, but when I say health, meaning, let's say the health um, arena, because there's a, a, a chiropractic technique that's called chiropractic biophysics, and Again, don't quote me on this, people, because you know I'm going back to just recalling things. But you, you can go back and find this stuff out. You'll find out I'm telling you the truth. There's a doctor called uh, Dr. Don Harrison. He's the founder of chiropractic biophysics. And the interesting thing was this: he taught. He's passed away, unfortunately, but I want to say he was a he was a teacher at the University of, I want to say, Arizona. Mm -hmm. Okay, again, don't quote me, find out, correct me, I'm okay with that, but that's not the important thing that I'm leading into. Don Harrison was lecturing in a, in a venue of sorts, and this, this non-doctor, actually, I don't think he was a doctor, his name was Bog, Bog Duck. I forget his name exactly now. He used to write a lot of literature. I think it was him. You know what? Don't. I think I'm actually saying the wrong name, but it doesn't matter. The actually the guy I'm thinking about. And I don't mind saying this. The funny thing is, is this guy was in the audience, and he had, and maybe still has, a website called Quack Watch. Okay, which was anti chiropractic, hmm. and I. Almost can pull his name off, uh, you know, out of my mind, you know, off the tip of my tongue. Yeah, I almost can. I'll, I'll think of it in a bit, maybe. But nevertheless, this particular man, who was literally so anti-chiropractic that he had a website and he would go after it and just get it out to the public how you can't trust chiropractors. 
and we're going to stroke you out, we're going to do all these things, which everything he said has been completely disproved, okay? You're not getting a stroke from a chiropractic adjustment. You might get a stroke from a massage therapist cracking your neck, and you might get a stroke from a physical therapist doing it, because that's happened. But it's not happening when it's done correctly by a chiropractor, okay? That's the science of literature. I mean, okay, let's say, is it not hap- Is it happening? Never? I'm not going to say that, okay? There's going to be some doctors of chiropractic who I'm sure you can find who, you know, through the adjustment, wasn't done exactly perfect. But we're talking, you know how many adjustments are done around the world every single year? Mm-hmm. I'm talking to these things, okay? <laughs> it's so slim to none that our, the chiropractor's malpractice insurance is like 900 a year, Okay. I'm not talking about 20,000, 60,000, 100,000, but anyways, there's this doc, this man who's anti-chiropractic. He's sitting in the seat of this particular lecture that happened to be, I'm pretty sure, at the University of Arizona, who he happens to be sitting next to the son of the lecturer. They're both chiropractors at this time. Mm. So no one, this guy, let's just call him Joe. Joe doesn't know that the lecturer is a chiropractor. He just sees him as a teacher at this university presenting some research that they had been doing at the university. Well, the research was not presented as chiropractic research. It was presented as neurological-based research, but it was all done with chiro- as a chiropractic study. Mm-hmm. And I know this because I taught, this is what the son, his name is Deed Harrison. Deed Harrison spoke about this at some sort of continuing education that I, that I was at at some point in time in my, you know, uh, after I graduated. And he talked about talking to Joe. So we got Deed sitting next to Joe. And Joe, on the first day, is listening to the, 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 the keynote speaker, Don Harrison, chiropractor. And he was kind of like, okay, it's pretty cool. And then the second day, he said, wow, this is really good stuff. And as it said, as I recall correctly from Dee, he said, by the third day, this guy was jumping out of his seats because he's like, this is the most phenomenal thing I've ever heard, this neurology concept, this thing. And Dee's holding his tongue for two or three days because he know, Dee knows who he's sitting next to. And this guy, Joe, has no idea that he's sitting next to a chiropractor, and he has no idea that the lecturer's a chiropractor. And he has no idea that what he's getting excited about is chiropractic neurology. <laughs> By the time it was all said and done, Deed turned to this guy and said, you know what? Who you're talking to or who you're listening to is a chiropractor. And the guy's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Chiropractic is this, this, and this, and this. He goes, no, he's a chiropractor. He's my father, and he's a light, blah, 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 however it went down. And the guy was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? So it's one of those things where we, as a scientific, um, medically-oriented what's the word I'm looking at, a group of people, there's been so much science being led by chiropractic neurology that people don't even know it. Mm-hmm. To the degree that you talk to these physical therapists and these personal trainers, years ago they called it the kinetic chain. It's just another name for chiropractic neurology. So is there benefits to chiropractic? There's so many benefits that people are getting from chiropractic whether it's directly from chiropractic adjustments or just the knowledge that the chiropractic neurology has brought to the forefront that has been called assimilated and even, quote, stolen and renamed, they're getting the benefits of it. There's brain gym that is all chiropractic neurology. You've got all sorts of brain balancing techniques. It's all chiropractic neurology. 
but they don't give chiropractors the credit that they deserve. And the good thing about it is that the chiropractors, as I've been a lecturer, we're humble. We don't care. It's okay. Take the credit, get paid, get wealthy from it. We just want the population to reap the benefit of what we know to be true, and that is the effects of the chiropractic adjustment improving the neurological function of the body. And the way it does that is because there's what you know as a subluxation. Subluxation is broken down into two words, sub, well, really three words if you really want to break down to it, sub, lux, and the nation. So really, basically, it's a condition of a less, there's, there's the funny thing is there's two ways to look at this word. It's a condition in which the lux, meaning location, meaning that a subluxation is a condition in which your vertebra has not been dislocated. It's less than a dislocation, but it's been moved. It's been misaligned. Not to the degree of being dislocated, but to a degree that has just been malpositioned. Does that make sense? Yes. By this malpositioning, it prevents nerve flow to the brain and from the brain back to the organs. And it does it by a pressure, or some say a mechanical pressure or a mechanical impingement. But the interesting thing to more align with probably you, what I just said is true, and that happens to people. We have misalignments, the vertebrae move, they, they, they tilt, they rotate, they do something, causing the nerve to be pressed or pinched or pressure to be applied to it causing an abnormal blood flow, abnormal nerve flow to the brain, back out to the organs. And I've said that organs, muscles, and glands. I've said that in various ways so far. But now we compare that to some school of thought that they say the actual subluxation is sub meaning less than, lux meaning light, and it's a condition in which your body is not receiving enough light from source. So that above, down, inside and out concept comes back to life again saying, hmm. So going one more step further, we have the founder of chiropractic known as Dr. D.D. Palmer, who is more of what I understand to be the beliefs that the subluxation was really less light coming through the body, causing a less ability to express its life force or life through the expression of health and prevention of dis-ease, dis meaning difficulty, ease meaning function or, or an ease of function, versus the son of D.D. Palmer, whose name is Dr. B.J. Palmer, who says mm, it's more of a physical property of mis dislocation or less than a dislocation that's causing, you know, it's a misalignment that's causing more of a mechanical pressure or inflammation or swelling that's causing again the nerve flow to be reduced to and from the brain to and from the organs glands and muscles and i know i go on but does no, that make sense that's like, really it it's really interesting um yeah so for me it sounds like and granted i'm not a chiropractor but for me just from my own understanding it sounds like it could be what, what was the term? A sublim say it again. Subluxation. Yeah. Subluxation. It sounds like potentially both 
or both definitions are applicable. It's like this idea in spiritual circles, they talk about as above, so below, or from a more scientific perspective, you said like top down, so source down, influencing us, but then it's a co-creating process. We have free will. So it's also a bottom up. Are we doing those chiropractic adjustments? So, are we doing yoga? Are we taking care of our bodies? Are we doing what we need to do to align both mind, body, and spirit? See what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I love that explanation. Thank you for sharing that. I'm totally geeking out over here. <laughs> so let's let's move forward a little bit. How can so what is the best way for people to engage or in the practice of chiropractic care? Like when they, you know, what should they wear when they show up? What should they expect when they are actually in the appointment? What are some tips that you can provide when they're actually getting an adjustment? Any tips that you can give to help the listener, first of all, be open to trying it, and then secondly, really reaping the benefits to the extent that we're hoping for them? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a common issue. You know, you have people who went to a chiropractor and they didn't like it, so they never went back. Or they saw their friend get an adjustment and they heard this loud snap crack and they're like, oh man, I don't want that, you're gonna break my neck. So that's always an obstacle. I will say that I kind of pat myself on the back for being able to talk to people and either bring them back to chiropractic or convince them to go see one if they're not local or see in my my personal opinion is you know, I'm I'm over here on the hill, man. There's lots of us here and ultimately I do the best for my patients and if they're not ready for me or want me go see a chiropractor so that's first and foremost my position but as far as a chiropractor what they're gonna get you know what we're taught I hope they follow through with it I mean when no one's perfect but then we all kind of you know get off the track a bit to kind of focus on what you like to do what you find works best for you so you know the examination process you know I have a concept called evaluate eliminate rejuvenate and the first process of healthcare, and you can't do a darn thing with anyone unless you've done it some sort of an evaluation process. So, you know, the typical standard for a chiropractor and how we are all tested is to do your, what I would say, your basic orthopedic neurological tests. You know, you, you know, you can go into the the listening to the lungs and doing a whole visceral or organ evaluation. That's not necessary unless you really have to. You know, understand this. The examination process is about doing enough information, I mean, doing enough, doing an examination and evaluation enough to do treatment. If you need more, you keep doing more until you're comfortable doing the treatment, until you've figured out that treatment is safe and or you need a refer. Most people, even if someone's referred, that doesn't mean they should not come back and get chiropractic care or they can't get chiropractic that day. It's just about doing a good evaluation. So the evaluation from a typical chiropractor is going to be the orthopedic the neuro and that you know that, that that's basically your you know chest testing out the spine making sure the discs are uh, not too crazy or you know or degenerative to treat them and again it, it is, you, you can't be too degenerative for a chiropractor to adjust you the question is is it too too degenerative to adjust you with which techniques there's soft techniques, there's, you know, there's more forceful, there's drop table, there's blocking, there's all sorts of techniques. So everyone needs a chiropractor. I mean, I don't care who you are. If you can't walk, if you've got spinal surgeries, you've got fusion, you've got spina bifida, all you need a chiropractor. 
which takes us to our next step. You know, once you've done the examination, evaluation, they're comfortable. Yeah, I, I do more when I need to. If they want more, I'm going to do the, the what I call the organ and nutritional assessments. I'm going to do the cranial nerve testing as well, whatever I need to do. But not all chiropractors do all that. But they do the stuff that I mentioned earlier. So let's just kind of keep it in that particular compartment where, you know, you're there for back pain or neck pain or headaches, you know, your typical stuff. You hurt yourself. You come to see the chiropractor. You're going to go through the examination process that I just described. Hopefully they take you through what's called a muscle grading test, which I, I did for you, which was basically explaining to you that if the muscles are weak, I need to know why. And it's pretty safe to say that if it's weak, there's a pinched nerve that's you know, not getting, or a nerve that's pinched, not getting to that particular muscle. So, you know, each muscle should be graded from a zero to a five, and hopefully everyone's somewhere between a three and a five. And that pretty much is a good neurological evaluation to start to isolate where that nerve impingement is. So once they've done that, they've done the ortho, the neuro, they've done, you know, even sensation testing, deep tendon reflexes, you've done all those things. And you've isolated, yeah, they most likely have a disc problem, they've got a nerve weakness, you know, a nerve inhibition issue, there's an impingement, and it's located at C5 and C7, and, you know, your lumbar number four and lumbar number three, and by the way, this elbow's misaligned as well. Once, once they've gotten to that point, the treatment process, again, depending on what type of philosophy you are, all those problems are actually components of you know your body adapting or or maybe it had some direct trauma but a lot of times people are just adapting to 20 30 years of injury you know and they may not have had direct trauma but they have a headache because of their you know their their they got tackled in 11th grade football and they had a nerve problem then and now your body's adapted and now it's compensated. Now you got a left knee problem and a right ankle problem. And when you play tennis, you're compensating as such. So your right elbow is not quite aligned correctly. It gets so complicated. But all those situations I'm describing, depending on what your philosophy is, a chiropractor might say, again, your curve is not curved here. Your cervical spine is not curved. We're going to adjust this spinal segment and it's going to cause it to get recurved. Or you're going to go to some guy and says, you know what? You got this misalignment. Your sacrum's misaligned. I'm going to treat those two areas. Or you got someone like me who says, you know what? I believe in what they just said, but I want to make it go faster. So I'm going to treat the upper neck. I'm going to treat the mid-back. I'm going to treat your low back. I'm going to do rehab on your right knee or your left ankle, whatever the heck the problem is. You got this muscle that's short, this muscle that's elongated. You got this hypermobile side. You got this hypomobile side. I'm going to go and try and balance out all these variables. And as a result, we're going to have your body realign itself quicker than what I believe will happen if I just focus on the one vertebra. But I'll say sometimes people only need that one vertebra. That maybe what I just said was too much. So what to expect, depending on what chiropractor you go to, is going to be different. They're going to deliver a different treatment protocol in a different way. What I will say, which I should have prefaced or I will say now, is just like any mechanic, you may not find one you like the first time. So keep going until you find one that works for you. Like I said earlier, I'm the best chiropractor for the ones who come to see me. Why? Because they're here, okay? They're here because either they've been somewhere and they came to me and they like me better, 
or they've been to me for the first time and they like me and they, they're comfortable and they're getting results. Bottom line is, I believe in the philosophy that whoever's here is here for me and I'm the best one for them. And if there comes a time where I'm not the best one for them, I won't see them come back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's just the way it goes. I'm not going to fight or convince or make anyone come see me. Mm-hmm. That becomes too tedious and, and, and energy draining. And, you know, as well as I do, we only have so much energy. I don't want to just deposit it and just have it leaking out into the, you know, uh, into the front yard like a leaky hose, just letting water run wild. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're good questions, but they're difficult questions because we all have different philosophies and approaches and understandings, and we have different, you know, the funny thing about what you're saying, too, is there certain, you know, the universe gives us those who we can handle. So you might find, you know, I went through years of, I've been practicing 20 years again, and there's times where I might have just all headache patients, like, what's going on? And next thing you know, I've got all holistic patients who are, got cancer and immune issues and macular degeneration and rheumatoid. You're like, my God, you know, I love helping these people who can't get help elsewhere, but could you just give me someone who's easy? And then boom, someone who's a little easier, you know, a little 25 year old comes in with some back pain and you know, two or three visits, he's fixed. So you'll be surprised on what the universe brings you and what you're ready for. They'll bring you more of and that, you'll see that doctors will have practices full of what you either like or can handle or are ready for. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So what would you recommend on a more, we'll go to an easier question. (laughs) What would you recommend that people wear when they go to a chiropractic appointment? It's always good to wear loose clothing. So like me, I do a lot of deep tissue, trigger point therapy, laser therapy. I get my hands in on the patients. That's why I say to patients. That's why I say to you earlier. When I say the, the key difference between chiropractors and medical doctors is, you know, I tell patients, we roll up our sleeves. We're on the front line. We're in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're in there working. Okay. Medical doctors are working hard. Don't get me wrong. But they're, they're writing prescriptions and we'll see how it goes. You know, in two weeks, it doesn't work. Let me know. As the reflux doesn't fix itself, you know, with this medication, let me know. I'm in there fixing the problem, the cause, okay? So when someone comes to see me, even if they come in for a low back problem, I know they, you know, depending on how old they are and, and talking to them, I know if they've got digestive issues that's contributing to that low back pain. I know if they've got a knee issue that's contributing to that low back pain. So. It's always good and safe to wear something that's fairly loose. So if you, if you know, for me, I'm going to do the deep tissue. I'm going to get in there and work on the glutes or work on the quadrastombore, maybe dig in on the, the iliopsoas muscle, maybe even manipulate the stomach or even drop or lift up the kidneys. I might do all those things because when it comes down to health and comes down to pain, we have all sorts of referred pain. You know, you got people who are dying of heart attacks with no symptoms but they had pain in their left arm, they're going to get medication to cover up the pain in their left arm. Mm. Well, if someone has back pain, they could have a kidney issue. So let me see what's going on with the kidney. If they have back pain, they might have a knee issue. So let me see what's going on with the knee. So I'm gonna work on these muscles and these nerves and these organs that I find in my evaluation process mm-hmm. to work on all of them. So you're, you know, just to generally answer that, wear something loose, be prepared that you might get a massage, uh, be prepared that they may stretch you. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, 
wear something too tight. You know, jeans are not usually good. <laughs> yeah, so probably like workout attire. Then that sounds like workout attire is usually very good. Yeah, because you know if you gotta loosen up the back of the bra to work on the you know the mid thoracics and you know put it back together that you know most people have never had a problem with that and they're wearing like a sports bra that's perfect you can just flip it up a bit and work those rhomboids or the you know the the, the scapula or something of that nature so yeah something loose something that they can stretch you and something that if they have to reach and, and they you know, i ask the patients is okay if i work down here i can't remember in 20 years anyone saying no you mm-hmm. know I, I gotta work your clues you want to get rid of this pain yeah well then do it okay cool I literally just edited an episode from my masseuse and he said the exact same thing. He was like, I promise it's not weird. It's really good for you. You need your glutes massaged. It's funny. He said the exact same thing. So switching gears a little bit, do you have any funny or memorable stories that you'd like to share regarding your chiropractic care over the years? I mean, I have a ton of memorable ones, but that's not so necessarily funny. Like I said, there's a time where when I was lecturing and I was really, I'm going to save the world type of approach, you know, not that I still don't want to help the world. I just know it's not happening just for me. But when you're gung-ho and young and you don't accept limitations as I always have never, mm-hmm. I got from 2000 all the way from, from 2000 basically, well, actually officially 2001 when I started practicing, 2001, honestly, through about 2012, I had just the hardest patients, mm-hmm. the most difficult ones. In fact, a good, you know, one of my mentors, great doctor who's passed away since, Dr. John D'Onofrio had said, and this is in 1999, he said, you know what, docs, and this is in our, our national board review classes, he says, you'll probably only see a handful of these in your whole career. but." And he went through all these conditions and he showed us x-rays on how to evaluate the problem by just looking at x-ray well, you know this is a person with lung cancer and this is what happens to the spine when you know and we're looking at x-rays so we are taught how to diagnose people without knowing anything about them by just looking at x-ray that's how educated chiropractors are and let's just say that the the the, the, the 15 things he says most of us will not see in, and you might see four or five in your whole career I saw in my first five years, tons of them. Mm-hmm. So what that told me is the universe was giving me these patients because I was confident and I was, I, I was not gonna give in. And so memorable, I have anywhere from patients going into remission from systemic cancer, from you know a patient came in in about 2009, and this is about a 30 year old girl who had been through chemotherapy and it spread she had skull pancreas spinal cancer liver cancer not pancreas i take that back liver spine skull somewhere else and i'm telling you about nine months of care we went longer than that but about nine months later and this is all i couldn't document it now but at the time she was seeing other medical doctors and let's just say the ultrasounds were all coming back everything was going away and he just said, just keep doing what you're doing. I don't know what to tell you are doing. And she would try to tell him. And he's like, no, I just, just keep doing it. I don't understand. She was just getting holistic treatments by me is what she was doing. And she went into complete remission last I heard, which is years ago now. So there's many cases like that. Lung cancer. I, again, I don't treat 
the disease. That's the concept of, of medicine. They treat diseases. We treat the cause. We treat the dysfunction. So memorable cases would be anywhere from, uh, I had a, this is really fun. Um, I did a little clinical study, unofficial clinical study back probably from 2004-ish to about 2008, nine. And I just said, basically, look, bring me anyone who's hard to treat. And if you just follow my advice for as long as I can, you can follow it for about six months minimum to longer then I had a certain price range, very, very inexpensive. And they were getting blood chemistry, you know, blood chemistry done by the medical doctors, ultrasounds and different things. And the, I got on this particular study because I had a patient, uh, what was her name? Lila. And her name was Lila. And she was an older woman who was on Medicaid and she was on kidney dialysis. She came in for, with back pain and I was treating her for back pain. And she came back to me one day and said, doc, um, can this help kidney problems? I'm like, yeah, we can. This can help kidney problems indirectly. I'm treating you for pain. She, I said, why? She goes, well, I'm going to the bathroom at home now. I said, you're going to the bathroom. I said, you're on kidney dialysis. She goes, I know, but I, I'm going to the bathroom. So she ended up getting her kidney function back. So I said to myself, this is pretty crazy. I mean, I know the body heals itself. I know if you just follow and be true and have faith that this can happen. But let me see if I can help others. So I did a study, and I ended up getting. I don't know if this counts her, but seven out of eight patients got their kidney function back mm. on dialysis, all treating them holistically and detoxifying them. And that was really, really fun because, I, again, I'm just treating the cause of dysfunction. I'm seeing how the body responds and symptoms improve. And what do you know? we got kidney dialysis patients getting their function back. Another patient was Louise, who was 93 years old. She came in with back pain. And she was responding fine. She probably, I think she came in for like, she probably bought like a three-month program type of thing, cash. And within that three months, she was so happy with her back pain. She said, Brandon, or Dr. Shapiro, I, you know, could you maybe try and help me with my macular degeneration? You know, I can't see with this. I, I don't remember. I think it was her right eye. I said, sure. I said, let's just do a little extra while you're here. You're coming in for your back pain anyway. So let me just do some more. Did some more stuff. And she ended up being able to see the TV and see images and see things come back. And I'm not the only chiropractor who gets, who's seen these results. There's thousands of us out there. And that's the great thing. That's why I say, go see someone, find someone in your area. If you don't like the first guy, go to a second guy. You don't like him. Keep going. You'll find some, you know, male or female who's doing something that you like that you're responding to. So that's kind of the memorable stuff that, that comes to mind quickly. As far as something funny, I know there's funny stuff, but I just off the top of my head, I mean, nothing's coming to my forethought, you know, right this moment. That's okay. I have, you have given me so much, like a wealth of information. Uh, this is going to be fun to edit. I've really, really enjoyed our dialogue and, and I hope that it encourages people to give chiropractic care a chance. Like I, at one point I told you this, I was very skeptical and I went in and I tried it with you and I'm definitely going to start looking in my own area to try to find someone that I can go to on a consistent basis because I definitely noticed a difference and felt amazing afterwards. So hopefully through your testimony and ours, obviously we can't guarantee any specific results for anyone, but it, it is, you're right, it's, it's worth at least giving it a shot and trying it. I mean, we all are worth the effort and, and I hope that this 
this interview has inspired them to do so. So thank you so much for being on What's Next. We're so excited and thankful for your presence today. All right. Well, thank you very much, Paige. I appreciate it. I had a good time. So if I can help out anybody who's listening, uh, just you can send me an email. Anyway, I can help. I'm more, more than uh, glad to do so. Perfect. Thank you. And that concludes today's episode on chiropractic care with Dr. Brandon Shapiro. Given the length of today's episode, my comments will be brief. I just wanted to mention that if you have any questions regarding chiropractic care, please feel free to email Dr. Shapiro. I'll be sure to leave his email address in the description box of this podcast episode. And then lastly, thank you for your patience. I will be releasing my follow-up comments as promised regarding the episode on acupuncture. So again, thank you for your patience, thank you for listening, and I look forward to seeing you next week on What's Next.